Welcome back, everybody, to Two Spot Monkeys Live. It is episode 83. I'm Jim. I am joined, as always, by Tom. Tom, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, Jim. Good to be with you. Absolutely. Always good to be with you. And we are on the cusp, one week away from the craziest, busiest weekend, usually, in the wrestling calendar, although some other weekends seem to be... Uh, adding into that lately um SummerSlam weekend i know had a lot last year uh, money in the bank week or not money in the bank um double or nothing weekend um is starting to get really busy um i see that gcw and wrestling revolver and uh future stars wrestling are doing a bunch of shows in vegas and around there that weekend with with aew i wouldn't be shocked if there was a ring of honor show we'll talk about that more later maybe um but uh yeah, anyways, WrestleMania weekend is coming, but uh, we're going to talk more about that next week. I'm sure it'll come up at points throughout today's episode, uh, but next week, uh, we've said before, on March 31st, we're going to be recording uh, what could be a long episode uh, with Pickums, uh, not Pickums, those, that's FWL words, head-to-head uh, picks for uh, hopefully Ring of Honor, we're, we'll talk about that a little later, Um NXT and both WrestleManias. Uh, it would be fun to add in a GCW or something, but that's already four shows we're picking at one. So we'll just keep it to that for that. Uh, but Tom, are you getting, I, you're not going to see anything live because you're on vacation that weekend. So do you have excitement for WrestleMania week coming or is it just kind of like off in the distance for you because it'll be later when you actually see things? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I haven't thought about it with the way you framed that question just now. I actually did earlier this week think about, okay, so Jim and I are going to record this week, and then we got the big one next week, but then we're not going to connect again, at least until mid-April. And, <laughs> and, 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 and then I said, what might that show even look like? Uh, you know, my internal dialogue with myself. Um, like, what are, like, what, what will be relevant in the world of wrestling at that point? Um, here, here's, here's an ironic thing for you. Uh, I, I believe it's Monday, the 11th of April. Raw is in Detroit. I do believe right now I will be in Detroit for work for a few days that week. I could realistically show up if I have you know 20 bucks in the door, or whatever it is at the LCA. Um, go watch Raw just to kill time on that night when I'm in town. Um, I could go watch Raw having not seen anything from. <laughs> From WrestleMania or NXT weekend because we are gone from the 1st to the 9th of April on family vacation. So, uh, yeah, again, I those are just some of the musings and the thoughts that go on in this noodle of mine. That would, that would almost be really interesting to do, to watch the Raw a week after Mania, not even the Raw after Mania, because, of course, that's usually a crazy show. Um and Veer making his big debut on April 4th, finally. Um, he's coming out like Brothers Clay, isn't he? He's going to be the new Funkosaurus. That's that's what's going to happen. Um, but uh, that would be really interesting to go to a show two or a week later, having not seen WrestleMania. I mean, continuity-wise, it would be a mind something. But um, Hold on. Be... How, why, is he, why is he here? You're like... right. Right. Why, why is Kenny Omega on Raw? Um <laughs> well, let's, that's not happening. Uh, we don't think, but, um, 
It would be interesting. I don't know. It would be, especially after Mania. Like, it'd be one thing if it was after, you know, Backlash or something like that. Like, there'd still be a little bit of that, like, oh, I don't know what happened. But let's be honest, on a lot of premium live events, not a lot changes. Maybe a title change, whatever. Let's be honest, on a lot of <laughs> premium live events. <laughs> but on Mania, I mean, you think some stuff's going to happen, probably. It's WrestleMania, so... Um, and some new directions could be forged from that and the raw after. So, but anyways, like we said, we're going to talk more about that later. Um, today we thought, and, and I haven't done a ton of prep on this. I don't know if you have Tom. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the discussion goes, but we thought it would be interesting to talk about some of our favorite wrestling tournaments. Cause it's March, it's March madness. Uh, Tom and I uh, combined uh, how many final four teams you have? How many Tom? We've got zero remaining in the Mar- in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah, and that means combined we have zero. Um, so, yeah, in the NCAA men's tournament, anyways. Um, I didn't do a bracket in the women's tournament, so, but I'm guessing I would have been just as bad predicting that tournament as I would the, the men's. So breaking news here on two spot monkeys: uh, zero plus zero equals zero. Yes, absolutely. Your math <laughs> lesson today with two spot monkeys: two plus no wait, not two. Um, anyways, yeah, it's. Uh, it's not a good bracket. But... Before we get into tournament talk, I just one more thought about the whole WrestleMania and the fallout, right? Like you're going to spend a lot of time next weekend and I'm very excited for you. I hope that that materializes just as you kind of envision it as we sit here and chat today. But it would be really interesting. Like, I don't know that I will see everything. Like I may, sure. I'm, I'm, I may come back from vacation and I might just get back to life as normal. We've got soccer, spring soccer starting for, one of my kids, we got Little League Baseball starting. Work is going to get busy with, you know, some visits that I'm going to be making, you know, in, across the state. I might just throw in the towel and go, all right, I just want to read the results. So when we come together, date to be determined in April, it may be you giving like, this is how I felt watching it and seeing it play out. And I might go, wow, we're on paper. This is how I feel, which could be a really train wreck of a conversation, or it could be interesting. <laughs> Isn't that every week on Two Spot Monkeys? But okay, anyway. see, I didn't want you to go there. I didn't, but I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> and yeah. now anyone who's listening for the first time has just clicked delete. <laughs> right, and unsubscribe. Um, yeah, I am hoping to watch a lot of it. Um, in fact, I commented that on uh, on our the board where we have a lot of friends this morning, and, and Annette, who I'm assuming is the, our one listening our uh, one l- listening live here this morning on uh, YouTube uh, made the comment that I must have the most wonderful wife in the world. And I'm biased. Of course, I think I do. Uh, but uh, I read that to Katie actually this morning and she said, it's one weekend a year, um, which I appreciate her thought on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a busy, I also have two trivia bookings next weekend. So, or, or between Thursday and Monday, Thursday and Saturday, I have a trivia booking. Um so, yeah, it's it's going to be crazy busy. Of course, some of that watching will happen on Thursday, Friday, and Monday while I'm home, but she's at work. So, you know, so it's not all time that I would spend with her, but um, it's going to be a lot of it. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm going to be downstairs for a lot of time next weekend. Um, wrestling tournaments. Uh, but it, speaking of tournaments, so there's one going on right now. The New Japan Cup is currently happening. Uh, I ran a pick'em uh, for the New Japan Cup, and I missed one match in the first round and I was leading the tournament all the way until the last set of matches that happened. And now I cannot win the pickums because my 
champion is gone and there's just not enough points. Um, so it's down to two people now after that. And uh, yeah, crushing when you're just dominating through the whole pick of and then one match can just spiral you out of winning money. So that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. Well, it's, and, and, and so I apologize. You were talking, you were getting into the topic and I pushed us back to many or, or you oh, know, next weekend's chat. Um, but yeah, we're here to you know, March, March Madness NCAA tournament. It's going, it's going crazy. You know, we're recording the day after the first night of Sweet 16. Two number one seeds get upset. Uh, and and here we are. We're on we're on the road to the final four. Um so but but just thinking out loud, you know, because we didn't, you know, do a lot of pre-prep, you know, in this of going, well, what, what do we want to kind of talk about? You know, the things that I've been like mulling over in my mind as we prepare for this this week and prepare being very loose term. <laughs> um, like, I, I, I mean, I'd love to hear what, what, what is your first memory of a wrestling tournament? Um, and then, and then happy to talk about favorites, uh, you know, cause I think that's the broader, you know, and I think an easy thing to connect on. Um, and then also like, and this, this may be, you know, let's put a pin in it and let's come back to it uh, a year from now in March. Um, you know, is there ever a tournament that you would rebook and, and why? So that last one's a lot is, is much much more of a loaded question. It it is. So my first wrestling tournament, um, the, like immediately when we said we wanted to talk about this, the the tournament that came to mind for me was WrestleMania four. Um, you know, and and it's panned as one of the worst WrestleManias ever. I don't think it is because it's a tournament it takes the whole show almost. I kind of love WrestleMania four. I realize in ring it doesn't have the Ricky Steamboat Randy Savage match or the um, which how did you how did they not book that in the tournament, like <laughs> total missed opportunity, but, um, and kind of, I know they were both baby faces, but and they didn't do a lot of that back then, but still you had an opportunity to book that rematch crazy. Um, I know it doesn't have any of those, you know, the undertaker, Shawn Michaels, those level of matches in that, but just the story and the, the fact that it was a tournament for the world title, um, which I hadn't seen as a wrestling fan, uh, because Hulk Hogan had pretty well dominated the world title as long as I had not pretty well, he had dominated the world title as long as I'd been a wrestling fan. And maybe that's part of what made it exciting for me too, is that in the end, Hulk Hogan didn't win that tournament. Um, and they went a new direction, which was exciting. Um, I had a guy, I, I will always remember. So we watched it on closed circuit TV at the Coronado theater in Rockford, Illinois. And, uh, there were two screens up on the theater. I don't know why, because maybe they didn't have a big enough screen. So they had two screens that had the exact same, you know, showing on both and they were kind of next to each other. So it was a little weird. Um, but there was a guy sitting, I think behind us, maybe to the side of us, unimportant where he was, but it was telling us that he was friends with people who were in WWF at that time. And, and he was trying to spoil the tournament for us. And he told us that Bam Bam Bigelow was winning the tournament. And going to be the new WWF champion. Now, in that moment, back in 1988, Bam Bam was a was a hot act, and I I could have like we kind of we were like really that'd be cool. Like I was a Bam Bam Bigelow fan. I still am. Um, yeah, Bam Bam didn't win that tournament, so I don't know who he was talking to. But um, so that that was my first dirt sheet experience without a dirt sheet. Um, but uh, how about you? What was your first? Uh, tournament so yeah so it's also wrestlemania 4 uh so again the big big part of my uh of of my youth and my introduction to the most wrestling i saw on a regular basis was video stores and the access to vhs tapes so predominantly 
Coliseum video releases, of course. Uh, but you know, when there were the WCW or NWA shows, um, they were in the rotation, but just not as much because I was very much pro WWF in my early years. But yeah, that WrestleMania four tournament, just the idea of it, and and then learning as the years went on, like the why behind it. You know, of course, you watch the the show, you know, on VHS, and you get the gist of, you know, the main event and the whole. Andre and Ted DiBiase, you know, double referee had the double, double Hebner issue, which is what kind of leads to where we find ourselves here with Hogan and Andre getting that by. Um, yeah. Like very, very interesting and just very memorable. Um, it's a, a 14 man tournament, not a 16 man tournament. Right. Uh, and, and, and Randy Savage has to go through the ringer on one side and, Ted DiBiase, who's, who eventually he faces on the other side, doesn't really have to go through much. So uh, when you look at when you look at making a baby face even, uh, you know, more in peril and to have like, you know, fans get behind them, this tournament does a great job doing that for, for Randy Savage. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just you look at the 14 guys who are in that tournament and I think – most of them, a couple of them are not, but most of them are in the Hall of the WWE Hall of Fame, and the couple who aren't should be. Um, you know, I mean, Hogan's in, Andre's in, Duggan, I think, is in. I feel like he's in. DiBiase's in, Morocco, I think, is. Dino Bravo is not in, and I get because of how he died and and that sort of thing. I don't know. Maybe he won't. And Bravo didn't have as big of a run in WWE, but I think Bravo's worthy. Um, Steamboat's in, Valentine's in, Savage is in, Butch Reed, not in. Um, Bam Bam. And and it's interesting. I'll say this. I have a graphic pulled up um, of, of a bracket of what the actual bracket was, but then I have something that appears to be very official where the bracket is different. So on one side, it's... Okay, yeah. So on one side, it's it's Jake the Snake and Rick Rude, and then Morocco and Bravo on the same side where Hogan and Andre were, and then everything, and and, and then the other matches are flipped, out, or the DBSC Duggan matches flipped to the other side. Which, if that was going to be how it played out, um, you obviously don't get a DBSC Savage final unless the final becomes only one side of the bracket, which would be really weird. Right. Yeah. And there was an original, that was the original. And, and I don't know if they had a different plan maybe going in at the start. Um, To me, Savage DiBiase made the most sense now looking now, you know, rose colored glasses, looking back. Um, If you weren't going to put Hogan or Andre into the finals, um, if you were going to use it and, and the, the word is, you know, that that was always the plan was for Savage. Uh, you got to think DiBiase was at least considered, though. Uh, and I know they didn't do heel champions much back then, but man, Ted DiBiase as the world champion, to me, is a missed opportunity because there was there's money in chasing that guy, and I no pun intended, but he was so good in the ring. He was such a good character, such a good heel. Chasing him as the world champion, if they booked the way WCW booked back in the day, which was more with Flair, the heel champion and the babyfaces chasing instead of the way WWF booked, which was babyface on top going through monsters um, up until Savage. Uh, 
DiBiase would have been an awesome world champion back then. And I think it's a missed opportunity. I know we talked about with Scott Hall last week, you know, that one of those top guys who never won a title, I think Hall and DiBiase are, are probably, I haven't sat down and tried to make a list, but I think they'd probably be one and one A on that list for me uh, of, of guys who could have won that belt. Yeah, I agree. Well, the next tournament that comes to mind for me, and I think the one that's most, um, I don't know, familiar or just I have I have strong uh, uh, emotional or, or sensible ties to is King of the Ring 93. And so you heard me talk about this last week when we talked about Scott Hall. Uh, but King of the Ring 93, an eight-man tournament. Uh, of course, everybody had to qualify to get in. And those qualifiers happened on Superstars or Wrestling Challenge or, or what have you. But um, Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, Mr. Perfect, Mr. Hughes, Bam Bam Bigelow, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Lex Luger versus Tatanka uh, were the eight the eight opening round matches for this tournament, uh, and I just I love you know, Bret Hart wins, and and I don't love what comes after it because it led to the whole Jerry Lawler Bret Hart feud, which I never like. It, it, it was a it was a good story and it was emotional, but it was like a waste of Bret Hart to me. Um, all due respect to Jerry Lawler and where he fit and what is wrestling legacy is i don't see that as being a wrestler in wwf um so the other big thing for me uh, with king of the ring was um the whole like lex luger and and Tatanka thing um because i think both were undefeated or there was something along those lines and, and they go to a, a double count out or a double dq and then you know not long after this you have lex luger um you know becoming all-american lex luger so Body slamming Yokozuna, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, King of the, I always loved King of the Ring in general. Um, 93 was a great first televised one. They'd been doing them for a while um, as special house shows. but um, And I loved how for a long time they used King of the Ring to kind of launch somebody. Um, you know, Brett was already over and, and a top guy at that point, but you know, you think about Austin, you think about um, Edge, you think about, um, did Shamrock win one? I feel like you did. Um, okay, Shamrock. Uh, you know, you had some clunkers, Billy Gunn. Um, but, um, and, you know, and it's kind of gotten diluted now, I feel like. Um, although it seemed like with, with Xavier Woods, they were doing more with him. And then unfortunately he got hurt. Um He's been cleared. I got to think he's coming back soon, by the way, um, when we get to that. But just King of the Ring in general, I always really liked. Um, I mean, it launched some great characters. Regal is King of the Ring. I thought was really good and made a lot of sense. I mean, King Booker, come on. I mean, how can you not love King Booker? Um, just he committed to that character so much and it was all launched out of King of the Ring. Um, King Corbin actually wasn't bad. Um, I like Corbin in as a character it's a lot better than happy corbin so um yeah we can get into that next week um yeah king of the ring was fun that was a good one uh another and, 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 I, and i'm sorry i just just to put a pin in, or a bow on that one if you ask me hey is there ever like a consecutive series of a wrestler uh consecutive series of matches of a wrestler that you would just love to watch and you would never get tired of it's brett razor brett perfect brett bigelow like that whole tournament story oh, and sure. the and all of those matches, like if you wanted to say, 
if someone didn't know Bret Hart and you're like, you want to become a fan of a really good wrestler, watch this. Well, and I think part of what worked in that tournament too was it was three very different wrestlers that he had to, that he beat. Uh, you know, anytime you can have it showed the versatility that Hart had at that point. You know, Razor a little bit more of a brawler, but still very technically sound. Um, you know, great character, all of that. Obviously, perfect. Hello. Um, and then Bigelow. Um, Bigelow, you know, big man, very different than any than either any of those other th- two gentlemen. Um, so I think it's neat when you see different styles. Um, that's part of what I love about tournaments is when you can look at those matchups and go, okay, I didn't know I ever wanted to see that match, but now that it might happen in the tournament, that's really cool. Um, and, and we'll probably talk about some other tournaments that that give us those opportunities too. But and 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 much like when we talked about the booking of the WrestleMania four tournament, you know, the babyface really had to overcome odds. You know, Bigelow in the finals was fresh. Because right. he won his first round match and then got a bye straight to the finals, akin to Ted DiBiase. Different, different wrestlers, different, but and nonetheless, it's well, all, it's almost like that was a booking trope of Vince back in the day. This is how a tournament needs to run, pal. Right. There's got to be a heel who gets an easier way, and the babyface has to overcome. And oh, Vince relies on the same trope over and over again. I I never have noticed that in WWE booking or WWE booking now. Um, well, a, a tournament that I think don't doesn't don't doesn't get enough um, memory and love maybe uh, was the 1990 Intercontinental Title Tournament mm. uh, when Mr. Perfect won the title. Um, I pulled up the bracket here because uh, I I couldn't have told you other than I knew he beat Tito Santana in the finals. Um, so the eight guys who were in that was Santana and Akeem in the first round, Brutus Beefcake, Dino Bravo. So there's Bravo again. Uh, Jimmy Snuka and Mr. Perfect, and then uh, Roddy Piper and Rick Martel uh, in in the bottom part of that bracket. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It was just a fun tournament. Again, it crowned a new – it was the first time I believe the Perfect had won the Intercontinental title, if I remember right. Um, and he, so when we crown somebody new and we go in a different direction, I think that's always interesting and fun. Um, I loved Mr. Perfect back in the 90s. I, he was great. I had – First encountered him much like Scott Hall in the AWA days uh, when he was Kurt Henning winning the world title there in AWA and turning heel. And there was a whole great story with him and Zabisco. Uh, and I just said the words great story and Larry Zabisco in the same sentence. So uh, who thought that was going to happen? Although the, he had a couple in his day. But um, yeah, so that tournament I thought was was fun. And it's the nostalgia nerd in me. I mean, I looking back at those names, um, I mean, Akeem, the African dream, that's just, it's its a character that never should have worked, and it worked. Um, you know, Brutus Beefcake, back in that day, I was a big Brutus Beefcake fan. I've kind of gotten over it now. But, um, you know, probably. Yeah, definitely, as a kid, it, it was, you know, Beefcake, I'll say 87 to 91, 90, like, could do no wrong. And then, right. and then unfortunately, his parasailing accident, I think, contributes a lot to the rest of his story. Um, and then the fact that then you learn he's, he's kind of skating behind the boat that Hogan's pulling. <laughs> right. Yeah. Being drug along um, 87 different characters in WCW, you know, all of that. Probably not the best analogy when he has a Paris in an accident. And I said like he's skating behind the boat that Hogan's pulling. Oh, uh, and two spot monkeys gets canceled. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
we'll pick better analogies. We promise. That's but, that's that's twice this week. Not here on the show, but in 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 my work life, uh, I was dealing with someone who's having transportation issues, and I I said, you know, I want you to consider this, and then we're gonna we're gonna park it in in the parking lot, and they just lost their car. So I was like. I didn't really mean that. I, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I came out differently than what I intended. Right. That's way better in my head when I didn't think about it. Um, other other tournaments you think of? I've got a couple that come to mind of uh, more general. Maybe not. I don't have a year for them, but generally. Sure. So well, I'll just go back to um, the, the Ring of Honor original uh, world title tournament. So Road to the Title was an event that I had in June of 2002 uh golly and do i feel old uh and then i went to crowning a champion which was a month later um in philly and so they they, they had a tournament a 16 i think it was a 16-man tournament um it was a 16-man tournament and and it was again ring of honor was diverse and they were bringing people from all over the globe for for this type of thing um you know in that scope before kind of everything blew up right um and so I'll just run that down real quick. So Brian Danielson defeats Biohazard. Guys, both of them you know, had the connection from the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. Biohazard kind of being like the latter, coming more from the Rudy Boy Gonzalez. Um, Spanky defeated Paul London. Doug Williams defeated Jay Briscoe. Jody Fleisch defeated Johnny Storm in a Euro import match. Uh, Loki defeated Prince Nana. Uh, Red defeated Xavier. Uh, and Christopher Daniels beat Scoot Andrews. Um, those were all first-round matches. Um, and then the final first round match was AJ Styles defeating Jerry Lynn, which was very interesting because, you know, you think of Jerry Lynn's ring of honor time. I don't recall, like, like this was kind of like, you know, very much like he was still an ECW, like, um, just someone that fans kind of had a, had a strong connection to when, when Jerry Lynn comes into ring of honor in 2009, it's, it's, it's a completely different, um, a kind of, I think ideology, behind his place in Ring of Honor here. I think it fit great. Uh, you know, seven years later, um, maybe not so much. Uh, in the second round, Spanky defeated Jody Fleisch. Doug Williams defeated uh, Brian Danielson. Loki defeated Red, uh, which was at the time a match that got so much praise because there was a kind of a Matrix-style spot they pulled off. And then Daniels defeated Styles, with then all four of those winners going on to a one-hour um, kind of special, like um, not gauntlet match, but uh, Iron Man match, but that falls could happen in multiple ways, and then and different finishes meant different points. So again, it was creative booking, um, and, and Loki, of course, ends up becoming crowned Ring of Honor champion. And again, that that venue, I've never been to a, a wrestling atmosphere in in terms of a smaller venue with so many people and such a high degree of temperature uh, than that July night in Philadelphia. That's, I've heard that from from you and others who have, were there that night that it was uh, maybe the hottest arena ever, and and we don't mean uh, hot as in like they were into everything, the crowd was into everything. Although I'm sure that too, but just heat. <laughs> um, yeah, I, Ring of Honor. I mean, I'd followed it from day one, so I didn't start picking up DVDs regularly. Um, from them or, or tapes even uh, when they first started until they came to Chicago um, until shortly before they came to Chicago for the first time. Then I bought some to kind of brush up on 
being a little more in the know on who the guys were in Ring of Honor and and, and that sort of thing because I was going to my first show. I'd follow the results, and so I knew a lot of names. I just hadn't seen some of those folks um, much. So uh, I didn't see that DVD until years later um, or sometime later, a couple of years later probably. But um, at one point I owned every show until a certain point, and now I have, I don't know, 15 left. But um, I don't think Crowning a Champion is one I still have. I'd have to look, but I don't think that's one I still have. I think I did sell that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, how can you not love Ring of Honor? And and that early Ring of Honor, you know, crowning that first champion. Uh, one that I was thinking about, and again, I don't have a specific year because they just all feel really good, especially in the last maybe 10 years, is BOLA. Um, mm. You know, BOLA is a tournament that, it seems like it happens at different points and, and it happened in January this year. I feel like it was always in the fall before, of course, the pandemic just screwed everything up. So um, we'll see where they move it next year. Um, but Bola is one of those, uh, I mean, it was even on Cody Rhodes list when he left WWE that he wanted to work a Bola tournament and he got to. Um, it, it's seen in high regard because PWG usually does such a good job of bringing in an eclectic group of people for that tournament. Um, and some of the best available wrestlers in the world to them. Uh, obviously, lots of folks who we would love to see in Bola that just aren't available for various reasons, um, usually contracts, but um, or or airfare or those kinds of things. I mean, and there's a number of them. Yeah, I, I can't rattle the ears off my head, top of my head. I'd have to think about it, really go back and look, do research, and hey, crackpot research team. So, um, but just Bola in general. Like, I'm excited when I hear Bola is happening. Then I'm excited to follow the announcements of who's going to be in it. Um, I know they just released um, the trailers, I think, for this year's. I don't think they've actually released the Blu-rays yet. Um, I really wish they would get back to, and I don't I don't think they do. I guess I'd have to look at high spots. I wish they'd get back to downloads, digital downloads for BWG. Um, because I don't even have my Blu-ray player hooked up to my TV. Um, we have it. I could go get it, plug it in, you know, monkey around with it and get it. But... I would really like to sometime in all my extra free time <laughs> um, watch Bola from this year when I when it comes out. But uh, if it was digital, it would make it easier. Um, so Bola is one that I I, I think about. I, I enjoy. I love following what's going to happen. I'd love to make it to a Bola sometime. I don't know. I'd love to make it to a PWG show in general sometime. Yeah, I'm really glad you named it. I hadn't even thought of Bola in this. I was really focused on... ROH, WWF, WWE, WCW, and ECW. So, like, great, great acknowledgement. And yeah, that some of some of the best indie matches, you know, over the last decade can can be linked to PWG and more specifically the Battle of Los Angeles tournament. Yeah, I, it's a lot of fun. I was just trying to look up another tournament here that it just popped into my head that I was like, oh, remember that one? Uh, but I don't remember where it is. I'll find it here in a little bit. Um, do you have other ones that uh, pop to your head, Tom? So the only other one that I had kind of, uh, you know, floating around in my mind this week, you know, and, and, and this morning, and uh, it was the ECW Tag Team Championship Tournament in 2000. Uh, it was it was spread out over the course of TV, but it all happened one night um, at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. And I remember that that was a huge. So that's pre Ring of Honor, right? So we know Ring of Honor ran the Manhattan Center and the Hammerstein 
Um, but ECW was the first to really run that, uh, the Hammerstein that is, not, not the Manhattan Center. WWE and Raw ran there in 93 on a regular basis when Raw got going. But this this lineup and this the energy around ECW, even though this was in its, you know, as it was approaching its swan song, just was like uh, uh, an overall like if you if you brought a tournament together and you wanted it to hit and click on all of the things that it needed to, um, this did, and I think that's again a testament to just the 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 the, the who made up ECW and then, and then the vision creatively. From Paul Heyman, probably behind it, um, the finals ended up being uh, Tajiri and Mikey Whipwreck as the Unholy Alliance, um, winning the titles over uh, Simon Diamond and Swinger and the team of Jerry Lynn, Tommy Dreamer. There are some uh, some names from the past there, aren't there? Um, no, that's that's a lot of a lot of fun. The other one I I found it here that I was thinking of. Uh, was the 1992 Great American Bash. It was an NWA tag team title tournament. Um, again, pretty much done over the course of one show. Uh, not pretty much. It was done over the course of one show. They had a couple of singles matches um, as well on that show. But uh, this was the one where Terry Gordy and Dr. Dusty Williams end up winning the tag team titles, uh, the NWA tag team titles. Um, somewhat surprisingly... They faced the Steiners in the second round, which to me, I mean, they ended up having a feud. So maybe it's rose-colored glasses from the feud looking back at it. But I'm like, how was that not the finals um, of, of that tournament? Uh, also notable, I guess, in that uh, it's got one of the oddest pairings, I think, just when you hear it. And and I I don't even, I didn't even remember that it had happened, um, which is crazy because it involves my favorite wrestler of all time, Ricky Steamboat. He teamed with Nikita Koloff in this tag team tournament. Um, that's just not a pairing. Like, I didn't remember that Ricky Steamboat and Nikita Koloff teamed in this tournament. I'm, I'm assuming it was only in this tournament. I kind of got to go back and watch. But they made it to the semifinals. <laughs> um, so they, they were a good team, apparently, um, before losing to uh, Dr. Death and Terry Gordy. Um, interesting, just kind of looking through that tournament, you have... Uh, Steamboat and Koloff beat Joe and Dean Malenko in the first round. Dean and his brother. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger and Brian Pillman. Uh, let's talk about a great tag team. That sounds like. Beat Beef Wellington and Chris Benoit in the first round. Um, so that set up Ricky Steamboat and Nikita Koloff versus Jushin Liger and Brian Pillman in the second round. I got to go back and watch this. Because that just sounds... Ricky Steamboat, Jushin Liger? Holy cow. Like... I don't remember that I ever got to see those two in the ring together. Um, Nikita Koloff, Jushin Liger, that's just one of those, like, that sounds like a match that Black Label Pro puts on at a WrestleMania weekend. Like, that where you're just like, whoever thought of that? Um, that's crazy to me. Uh, Gordy and, and Williams beat Larry O'Day and Jeff O'Day. I don't even know who those people are. They're Australian. The famous yeah. O'Day brothers. <laughs> brothers. Um, I can't believe that match probably went more than two minutes. Uh, the Steiners beat Miguel Perez Jr. and Ricky Santana. Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham beat Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. That's, that should have been crazy good. Uh, Steve Austin and Rick Rude over Marcus Bagwell and Tom Zink. And then Hiroshi Hase and Akira Nogami over the Headhunters. And the Freebirds over El Tejano and Silver King. Were all those first round matches, and then Shinja Hashimoto actually subbed in for Akira Nagami 
uh, after the first round because Nogami got hurt. But uh, I don't know. Crazy. Like, like I said, I need to go back and watch that because Ricky Steamboat Jushin Liger is just not something I thought I ever got to see. Well, and so clearly there was an international flavor that they tried to pull together for that tournament. You know, As I remember, really, it was, list those names off. Yeah, so each each team was representing a country, as I remember, right? Um, and I, there were obviously a few that ha, you know some more American teams than than anything else. But like the O'Shea's, it says they're from Australia. Uh, I don't know. Are, if they, they, are they O'Shea's or O'Day's? O'Day's. I'm sorry, O'Day's. O'Shea's would be like Irish or something, probably. Yeah, or are they um, from Mexico and they're the O'Lays. Or the Olays, hey. Uh, uh, oh, and that says late to the party. Oh, she threw some tournaments out here. Good. Uh, let's see what what you think of these. Tom Super J Cup ninety four Benoit over Great Suzuki or Sasuke, however. Um, the twelve large tournament in Shikara, Kingston over Quackenbush for the first Grand Championship. Obviously, in memory of Larry Sweeney, that was pretty cool. And any All Japan Carnival tourney from the nineties. She says are her favorites. And any New Japan G1 from 2013 to the present. Uh, so those are all, I, you know, I didn't even think about the G1, honestly, when we were thinking about this in tournaments. Like, that's or, it. Or, or best of Super Juniors, which I know is coming back this year. Hopefully, again, hopefully less, we don't get, you know, these big, you know, saucer-like eyes in, in the hopes that they're going to have, you know, lots of international guys beyond just New Japan talents. Um, we'll see. You know, there's a guy named Dragon Lee or or Ryu Ryu Where, Lee. Where's he? How is <laughs> he going to book on anything WrestleMania weekend? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Maybe he's going to show up at Ring of Honor. I don't know. Although, okay, quick aside. Talk about this more next week. I think people have to get the understanding. Ring of Honor ended at Final Battle. The Ring of Honor that we knew. This is a new company. This is akin to, hopefully far better than, but akin to WWE restarting ECW. This will be ROH in AEW world. This will be ROH in Tony Khan land. Like, we got to stop. Every time I see people say, well, you know, I want this, this, and this, and I'm like, you're trying to just, you're trying to continue what Ring of Honor was, and that's done. And it, it probably was anyways, and it definitely is now under Tony Khan. So there's my PSA today. Tony Conland. It's a new. It's a. It's a new. Uh, it's a new. It's a new place. Choose your own adventure in Tony Conland. That's right. That's right. You can be sixty-three and jump off high places and do crazy things. Sting, stop it! Come on, man. Um, I mean, kudos, but tease. Um, the other tournament that I was thinking of, Tom, uh, that I just wanted to throw out there, and it, it, you know, probably not a lot of conversation, but I don't have a specific year. But the King of Trios tournament was one I always looked forward to from Chikara. Because Chikara had a lot of trios. They had a trios title. Um, you know, there were... Did they have trios titles? No, they didn't. Um, they had King of Trios. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, the King of Trios kind of was their... It wasn't a title that got defended, but me the medals they would win and that sort of thing. Um, in the last seven, eight years of Chikara, I didn't watch Chikara early. I got into it more later. Um, obviously there are a lot of things there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons Chikara isn't around anymore. And then a lot of those are not good. Um, and that's, that's a conversation maybe for another time, but for the in-ring work of King of Trios, I, I was always excited to see who was coming in because they always brought in some interesting trios, um, some top names who maybe were available, some kind of old school things, you know, they brought in, I remember the powers of pain worked one of the trios with somebody, um, 
I feel like Dem- Demolition of One Man Gang. I think that was a trio on your, yeah, yeah, yeah I'd say that. Um, Faces of Fear were there at least once. Um, you know, so they had some really interesting, like, nostalgia acts, too, um, that would come in one or two of them usually a year, um, but also bring in some crazy good, you know, European team or, or Australian team or some team you never heard of that by the end of the tournament, you were like, I want to see those guys more. Um, so that was one I always looked forward to. In fact, I, I don't know why this sticks in my memory, but King of Trios happened the weekend I got married in, in 2012. And they were releasing on, on digital a day or two after a show for Chikara at that point on High Spots or Smart Mark or one of those um, video services. And so I stayed spoiler free for it. And then um, I was off for a couple of days the next, the beginning of the next week after the wedding. Um, so just kind of come down from the wedding and, and relax a little. And I remember that Monday I watched, I think all three of the shows, which is a crazy amount of wrestling to watch in a day. And I'm going to do it again next weekend. But um, I think I watched, or at least two of them. And then maybe I watched the other one on Tuesday, but I watched King of Trios after my wedding weekend because I was really interested in seeing that. And I don't know why the Batiri stick in my head from that weekend. I don't think they won it, but um, that's what I think King of Trios for my wrestling weekend, the Batiri comes to mind. It's weird. I just laugh because if we ever were to chop audio uh, from the history of our previous 80 plus episodes, um, having your statement of, I was able to stay spoiler free from Chikara on the weekend of my wedding would be just, you know, a gem of a, of a of an audio cut. It would be. <laughs> it would make my wife shake her head at me. <laughs> the Bajiri did not win that year. The Spectral Envoy won uh, that year, which uh, was who was in the Spectral Frightmare, Frightmare, Wicked, and Ultramantis. That's right. Won that over the Ring of Honor team uh, in the finals of Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Mike Bennett. There we go. Uh, right, right. I just don't know what else to say to that. That year they did also, just to throw some some fun things, they had Team WWF, One Two Three Kid, Aldo Montoya, and Tatanka were one of their teams. Um, Mihara, the mysterious and handsome stranger, and Tito Santana. That's just a hodgepodge or something uh there we go the faces of fear the barbarian the Meng, the, the meng the barbarian the meng the meng and the warlord uh the extreme trio of jerry lynn tommy dreamer and two cold scorpio i just some fun uh, fun stuff so king of trios was always one i enjoyed any other tournaments tom that that you wanted to bring up or you no nothing about? comes to mind and actually this was a better conversation than i envisioned when we thought about it because so many other cool things have been brought up so i'm glad we had it yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's a million great tournaments and that brought up a number of them. Um, you know, the wrestling classic comes to mind. I didn't, I didn't see that when it happened because that was before pay-per-view and, and closed circuit TV. I've since watched it um, a couple of times, I think actually on, on the network, uh, some fun matchups there that you just don't see everywhere. So, um, well, Tom, we haven't talked to AEW for a little bit, and we're probably not going to talk a ton of AEW next week, uh, except maybe as it pertains to Ring of Honor um, and their connection, obviously, both being owned by Tony Khan in Tony Khan land, as I called it. Um, but uh, you're up to speed on AEW. I'm most of the way through this week's episode or part of the way through this week's episode, but I've seen every, I've read everything that happens. Um, 
I mean, AW just keeps churning along here with with great matches, and I think pretty good storytelling in most cases, if not great storytelling in some cases. Um, so, so how are you feeling about AEW in general? Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think it's a lot of fun. Again, I wanted to go back, so uh, we'll go back to the St. Patrick's Day Slam show, if I'm recalling accurately. Um, that's where the Jericho Appreciation Society formed more formally. Uh, and I know that's that when, when when we recorded last week, you had not seen that yet. But I said, dude, you gotta you gotta watch that. Like, that's just gonna it's a really good segment. So I felt that way. How did you feel when you saw that segment unfold and 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 the way Jericho, you know, laid everything out there and 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 the and the the, the I don't know maybe tongue in cheek uh, or maybe it's more than tongue in cheek use of wording uh, as how they're describing themselves. Yeah, the whole sports entertainment versus pro wrestling uh, story, I guess that they're they're going to be telling here, um, works. I, I think you know it's it's funny that they that people get all worked up about that because I'm sorry, AEW is sports entertainment too. I mean, even if they put a little more focus on the pro wrestling, I mean, Pentagon, Ray Phoenix, hello. Um, you know, the whole Wardlow MJF storyline is very sports entertainment in a lot of ways, um, but it's done well. And so I think sometimes people don't like when it's done well, sports entertainment, I feel like is a bad word. Like sports entertainment is for the hokey, the cheesy, the stuff that makes no sense, um, the stuff that's just stupid. And then pro wrestling is the stuff that's still the same. It's story. Just, it's it's all that, but it's done well. Um, so I think that's interesting. I think having Daniel Garcia say i'm not a pro wrestler i'm a sports entertainer when he is so technical wrestling you know all of that uh i thought was pretty pretty great pretty great pretty great way to make him a heel um give him a little focus the one thing i love about that story right now is if it means elevating daniel garcia alongside chris jericho sign me up i'm all for that um 2.0 i can take or leave they are what they are um they fit the sports entertainment vibe very well. Two, um, and 2.0 is not even a thing anymore. Uh, yeah, a, ba- a, a, a bad name from bad creative, according to Chris Jericho. Yeah, um, and so, calling, yeah. going by their real names. Yeah, so it's uh, it's Matt, um, gosh, I'm, I'm, it's, it's Angelo Parker is the former Jeff Parker. And then it's Matt something. It's not Matt Martell. That's what he was in NXT. That was NXT, right? Yeah. Um, 2.0 professional wrestling. Here we go. Um, let's see. Where do it's they da- it's Daddy Magic Matt something. <laughs> That's right. Um, Which is also my Matt nickname. Matt Daddy Menard. Matt Menard. Thank you. I don't say cool hand Ange, Angelo Parker. Save big money at Menards. There you go. Oh, I'm never going to not hear that now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I can take them or leave them. But again, in that sports entertainment vibe, I think their characters work really well in that. Um, so Daniel Garcia is the one who doesn't feel sports entertainment. And that's why I think it's going to work. And in this group, you need guys that are going to take the pinfalls and, you know, D- Daddy Magic and, you know, Juicy Angelo or whatever his name is. You know, and Ange. Uh, you know, those are the guys that are going to be. Uh, Fallen prey to Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, and whomever else. And again, like coming right out of the gate with we're sports entertainers, we're gonna we're gonna el- eliminate the pro wrestlers in AEW. Uh, hello, uh, 
there's a, this awesome group that's emerging um, who, who has a name now uh, called the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, hell, yeah. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, give me more Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson. How does that sign me up for those matches? Yeah, uh, yeah. I know they've had one, but sign me up for more. Um, and in some ways, maybe that's maybe it's better for Garcia to actually be in this group. At first, I was disappointed because it, by going to this group, it meant he wouldn't go to what we now know as the Blackpool Combat Club, um, which is kind of a cool name, by the way. Um, but maybe it's better for him to be in the ring against those guys. Um, you know, it seemed to me, now I have not seen that segment yet. Um, so actually I'm not terribly far into the show because that's like the third thing that happens on the show. I think, um, Danielson's coming to the ring. That's where I laughed, left off. Um, it seems to me that Wheeler Yuta is going to be in the Blackpool Combat Club at some point here in the future. The way that it went on with St. Patrick's Day Slam. It seems like your first initiation into the Blackpool Combat Club is William Regal slapping the ever-loving taste out of your mouth. <laughs> um, okay. And then you get to fight John and, and Brian and, you know, earn your way in. Um, okay. I, you know, that's an interesting story you can tell. Wheeler Yuta, which if we're going to elevate Wheeler Yuta and start utilizing him more, I'm up for that. I think that's a really great idea. Um, I kind of thought he might end up in Ring of Honor, but I like this better for him. Because my fear is when you move people over to Ring of Honor, is it people that you've already kind of shown us they're less than? And if you do that, it's going to make Ring of Honor feel less than. Uh, just you have to be careful. It's kind of the Dolph Ziggler and NXT thing. Like you've spent 10 years telling me he's a loser. I have a hard time buying him as a champion um, of a brand, um, you know. Same thing. If you take somebody who's one in 27 in AEW and make them the Ring of Honor World Champion, eh. Um, and I don't know the Wheeler Yudas has that bad of a record. I haven't looked. But um, I think Yudas is going to be in the combat, Blackpool Combat Club. But yeah, that's, anyways, to go back to your original points on, that's a battle that's coming down the road. I like that we didn't start there. You know, you've got to take care of the Ortiz, Santana, Kingston. That's got to be a feud that plays out for a while. Um, I think anybody with two eyes that's paying attention can see that's a battle that's going to have to happen at some point. Um, but let that simmer for a while. Let it not even be a thing. And then when it finally happens, I think much like Punk and MJF, it'll be really good. Yeah. And and the one thing I'm really liking about AEW, at least for my fandom, is, you know, I'm, I'm creating all these like fantasy matchups in my head and I'm not doing it on my own accord where I think I'll be disappointed. I think they're giving you kind of slight teases or winks and nods that those are going to be potentially where we go, but it's like, you don't have to get there tomorrow. It's right. definitely something that you can really like execute well over time. I mean, let's be honest, Tom, how long have you been waiting for FTR versus the gun club? <laughs> that match aside. And here's the thing when, 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 when they were in the crowd, I didn't even realize that one of the ass boys was the guy with no shirt on right away. Like I was like, man, this guy, this fan is really getting into the action here in Austin. And then I, and then, and then I, and actually it's not Austin. That's Colton. Um, uh, I was Colton like, was I, in Austin, but not, yes. well, anyways, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Slippery, <laughs> slippery slope there. Uh, <laughs> Let it go. Put me <laughs> on this thing. Um, yeah. So anyway, like, and, but then again, it makes sense. And, and it's weird because it's almost then like FTR 
is going to be heading in a different role. But then MJF comes out later and he's like, the pinnacle is as strong as ever. So is is is, is that is that MJF going thinking his reality is set when it's not? And and then also, um, and I know you're still watching through some of this. So, but but having read it, you know, Wardlow gets banned. So MJF says, I'm paying you, and you're staying at home. You're banned from from AEW. So are we getting someone in a mask? Are we getting Wardlow in a mask? We we could get the uh, the Mister W, the War Dog, the War Dog. Um, there you go. Um, we could, I think it would be funny to at least do that for like a week. I don't know that because it's been done so much and it is tongue in cheek. We always think that when that happens, like, I don't know that I'd want to do it for any length of time, but for like a week and have MJF just losing his stuff that this guy comes in and, and, you know, how come the, the war dog or whatever they call him, you know, is power bombing everybody and, you know, or whatever, like, course it's wardlow well, it's not wardlow we don't know yeah. um, it, it could be fun they could have some fun with it yeah i ftr's promo where they set up the match with the gun club the next week um for next week almost felt baby face ish for ftr like it wasn't a total baby face promo by any means um but it felt a little bit that, and then yeah, to hear MJF say, you know, the pinnacle is stronger than ever, and, and all of that, it's like, oh, okay. Um, well, and, and I think even though it's a little bit of a pivot outside of AEW, it's still AEW centric. And there's one other big point I want to talk through with you. Um, before we get to that though, after we recorded last week, it, the major match for next weekend, or one of the major matches, it's a big weekend, we know, um, was announced, and that's the Briscoes Open Challenge for the Ring of Honor World Titles was signed and that is the long-awaited you know three and a half months in the making four months in the making match against ftr and that's going to be on supercard of honor and again i having i'm going to be i'm going to be in the car for 15 hours that day and then i have to be cordial to family that i haven't seen in a while which is fine for and my brother-in-law won't listen to this neither will my wife um sorry listeners sorry uh, Jim, to br- to break your heart that that I'm I'm boxing in our our future uh, listeners. Uh, but anyway, like I, w- I there'll be no there'll be no other place that I want to be than watching Supercard of Honor, and I won't be able to. But that match that match is so money, so money. It's probably. Um, I'm just trying to think through you know matches and that. It, it, I don't, not even probably. I'll just go ahead and say it's the match I'm most looking forward to next weekend. Well, and with 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 the rumors or truths out there that the Briscoes aren't going to sign with an AEW or Tony Khan funded promotion again. AEW being wrong, Ring of Honor, but Ring of Honor again. Are they do they fall under the jurisdiction of Time Warner like TNT and TBS does? Because that was some of the issues with the Briscoes who where Jay Briscoe has since given more of a, a longer, more formal or, or a renounced apology or, or a return to his apology. Um, you know, is this, is this the Briscoe swan song in ring of honor? Like, like, are they gonna, is Tony Khan going to go, yo, FTR are legit and they are legit. I, I, they've always been legit, but I would argue that, you know, when you think of what they could do and what they have done, there's still a high ceiling. And giving them the mantle in Ring of Honor as the Ring of Honor World Champions and a reborn Ring of Honor could 
could cement the legacy that 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 lays before them. Yeah, I uh I mean we're gonna make our picks next week, but if I had to pick today, I would pick FTR to win that because of that reason. You know, a lot of stories, like you said, out there about the Briscoes and Warner Media and whether Warner Media wants them or not. And some people say yes, some people say no, whatever. I'm not gonna get into that. Um, those people want to argue those points, but um unless there's been a change of heart and Warner Media or and or Ring of Honor isn't going to be on Warner Media and him signing them for Ring of Honor isn't going to hurt his relationship with Warner Media for AEW. That could be a thing. Um, if this is their, their swan song, song in a company called Ring of Honor, again, this is a new Ring of Honor, like I said, but um, wow, wow, what a what a legacy and what a way to go out if it is. Um, and if that's the case, you got to think Impact is going to be knocking down their door to bring them in. Um, I mean, I know they're working GCW, but they could probably still do that and work Impact. Um, I I just think Impact would be insane not to uh, if they become more available. I know they're available, but I, I would think they're holding out to see if they can get to AEW first. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So... So the big thing I want to close on, at least for me, for AW is, all right. So it really seems like all the tea leaves uh, are pointing us towards Hangman Page being challenged by CM Punk, and that probably coming to fruition at Double or Nothing. I would think so. Okay. So Adam Cole is still in the mix, and Adam Cole continually, and he took a a wicked you're not there yet but he takes a wicked belt shot from adam page to the face to the face like i just and i mean it's a leather belt that's not that's a legit thing so um yikes so so there's we have talked about adam page maybe not having enough like uh there not being enough enough teeth in in the stories it seems like there's going to be some more teeth there at least the adam cole thing is continuing my question for you in all of this uh, is, so what So what do you see or what would you like to see the path for CM Punk being between today uh, and late Memorial Day weekend and Double or Nothing? Because that's it's a, it's a good span of time between now and then. Yeah, you've got over two months um, that you got to get him there. I, I'll be honest, um, when when the ass boys, as they're getting called, um, were, were taunting. It took me a little while to realize who they were taunting. I, at first, I thought they were taunting Punk, and I was like, well, that's a step down from MJF to the gun club. Um, yeah. But um, then it became eventually apparent that it was FTR they were taunting, which didn't make a ton more sense, but again, that's, that's that. Um, maybe they just wanted to give FTR a big tag team win before Supercard of Honor. Uh, you know, or not a big tag team win, but a, a uh, dominant tag team win. That's what I meant to say. Um, yeah, for Punk, I feel like he needs a sidetrack story here for, for four, three, four weeks um, until we get the, through the Adam Cole and Adam Page thing, which I got to think, you know, they're probably going to name one of their dynamites coming up something um, and they'll, they'll do it there. Um, you know, they'll give it a special name for spring break or Easter or something. I don't, you know, 
the resurrection of Adam Cole. I don't know. Um, something I was trying to come up with an Easter name and it wasn't happening. Um, so I agree. They need to do something with punk. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have, like, I'm trying to think, is there a heel that really isn't doing something right now that, that they could, you know, I mean, if they wanted to bring in Miro, you know, that would be something interesting, but I guess I'd rather let that be a bigger story down the road and a bigger match um, for him. And also because I don't want Miro to come back and then get beat right away. I, I'd like Miro to come back strong when he comes back, but he's somebody that pops to mind. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you have a, a path that you thought of? No, I don't. And, but, I, but, 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 but I'm in, I'm in lockstep with you and thinking that he needs something to kind of give him something to do progressing towards the 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 title so the rank the rankings as of this week i was just pulling them up <laughs> yeah so like so using that as a point of reference right so um you know the jay lethal adam cole match was a big deal because it was two versus three um which can i ask a question yep does it feel like jay lethal should even be in the top five in AEW? no i know I, the bad stats on on dark and dynamite and i get that or on dark and dark elevation but the guy's never on dynamite. Like no, no, when I saw the graphic for that match announced, I in my, my I quickly glanced and thought Adam Cole was Matt Seidel. And I was like, <laughs> okay, Jay Lethal, Matt Seidel. It makes a lot of sense. They're trying to bring Jay Lethal up. And then they're like, no, it's actually, and I was like, hold on, double take, it's Adam Cole. <laughs> like, okay, I see what they're doing here. And that was actually it's it, it's a it's a very good match. Again, uh, the the Jay Lethal rule, like on paper, I could care less, but once he's in the ring, I'm like, I'm I'm engaged. Story of story of my fandom for Jay Lethal, um, you know. So okay, so here's the top five: Archer, Guevara, Lethal, Cole, Hobbs. Hobbs seems destined for Keith Lee ish yep. something at some point, which could be Keith Lee's way to get into the top five. Cole is rising now over Lethal with the victory on Wednesday. Guevara seems like a man without a mission, and he seems well, but but he's but he's with the Dan Lambert crew, so I get that right. Um, yeah, and Ty Conti are acting like 13 year olds who just got their first girlfriend or boyfriend. Oh my gosh. Uh, what a step, what a step down. Uh, um, Lance, so Lance, Lance Archer, Lance Archer's already lost to Paige in the crazy match earlier this year. Could Lance Archer CM Punk be a thing? I, I think so. Now, now looking at the rankings, that would make some sense. And I, again, I wouldn't have realized that Archer was the number one contender. Cause I don't, we don't see him on dynamite all that often either. Um, I know he's got a match tonight in Rampage tonight with Dustin yep. Rhodes. Yep. Um, so he'll kill Dustin Rhodes. Um, hopefully not really, but you know, he'll... but, but and, and to that end, like again, seeing that it would be potentially, you know, um, uh, an aggressive, you know, and Archer quote unquote taking liberties, you know, punk being the person to come to save Dustin, you know, could help foster, you know, an, an issue between Punk and Archer. But Archer is connected to the whole Lambert thing, too, in a way. Kind of, sort of. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, connected, but but not to the Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page end of it. Like, yeah. it feels like Lambert very much has two different things happening. Um, I don't know why Archer's with him anyways. I mean, I guess you need a mouthpiece for him, but Archer's not that bad of a promo. He'd be fine. Um, not to mention, I don't know that it fits, but... You got a couple of legends right now that don't have 
anything to do in Arn and Tully. Uh, one of them being with Lance Archer could be really Tully, I think, with Lance actually would work really, really well. Arn, I know, is still kind of, you know, he's the coach of the Nightmare family. And so I guess he can hang out ringside when Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson get their, you know, one match every three months. But, I, you know, I he's Arn Anderson. I'd like to see him now with, with Cody gone. I'd like to see him do something worthwhile on if he's going to be on screen. Maybe he'll just be in a backstage role and maybe not, but, you know, on screen. But I don't know. Arn, I think, was – I liked Arn as a manager because he is such a good talker. And um, even though he was going to murder everybody and shoot everybody in the face and whatever it was he was going to do a few months ago, um, <laughs> that was a weird promo. But um, most of the time, he's a really good promo. Uh, yeah, so Archer would make some sense. Um, and, and that would get him to that number one spot. Although, I got to be honest, I mean, Punk's only lost one match in AEW. How was he not in the top five? Yeah, it's a little weird. It's like, a little weird. I realize they're all made up. I, I get it. But how is he not at least sitting there at five? Like, I know he doesn't work every week, but. Yeah, how he doesn't, how he doesn't, how he's not replacing at least Hobbs or Lethal, right? right. Like, and again, you, you couldn't have him replace, you could have him replace Hobbs. You could be five right now. But the fact that he wouldn't be five, at least five or higher coming out of the dog, the dog collar match makes you go, what? Why why has he penalized for not working dark and dark elevation? Because that's really what it feels like a little bit. Like yeah. Um Tom, what else in the world of pro wrestling has your attention coming up or having happened in the past? Yeah, you know, right now AEW, like again, the chips are on the table with them with me. Like that's my that's my destination of viewing. And everything else, even though I am excited for WrestleMania, and I know we're going to talk a lot about that next week, you know, I have that the statement is true, but it also it has qualifier to it. I have a level of excitement for WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania. Yeah. That being said, like the WWE product still feels weird to me. So, um, and again, and this is coming from someone who. Again, with Raw in Detroit in about two weeks and the potential to go to that, um, I may or may not find myself there. SmackDown will be coming here where I live in May. Um, my son has been, you know, we used to have a rule in my family, our family, when you turn eight, you get to go to a pro wrestling show. When my son turned eight, you know, during the pandemic. So he's been waiting for years. Um, my wife also, you know, doesn't have a high appreciation uh or like of pro wrestling so so <laughs> getting okay. him getting him getting him across that finish line of giving him you know what his sister's got may be harder um uh, than than it should be uh but the smackdown being here uh you know and being literally a five minute drive uh from where i live um makes a lot of sense so again I, just because i just because i don't like have a strong desire to get to watch raw or smackdown or even nxt at this point um i i do follow the product i mean i am interested in, in seeing what what comes together and what plays out and you know I, I, have a, I have a lot to brush up on before we come together in less than a week and do a marathon uh, of pickums so anything else for you sticking out with wrestling again I'm trying to i try to try to keep my awareness of what's been going on but you know i think for me uh just to capstone it before i ask you and then i don't let you answer so my apologies you know the the excitement that i have to go to gcw 
on April 23rd in Grand Rapids or in, in Detroit, excuse me. Um, I have a ticket for that. Um, that that's that's kind of the closest, the most outside of AW Weekly. Um, that is what I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, I GCW has been just on fire. I feel like lately, um, and I haven't seen a lot of their shows again. They run so often, and and at you know 15 bucks a clip or even 20 bucks a clip sometimes. I got to pick and choose what I can I can do, and sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, like they wrote, they ran last night at 8 p.m. Pacific time in California on a Thursday night. Okay, well, I, I'm not going to start a show at 10 o'clock um, that's going to run probably three hours um, for me personally. Now, I could have bought the show and tried to watch it this weekend or something like that. But um, so, so I knew I wasn't going to, I think I did enter a Twitter contest to try to win a free code because I thought, well, if I win a free code, maybe I'll watch it this weekend. But um I didn't win. So, um, you know, WrestleMania week is my, is my big thing coming up, um, that I'm feeling I'm, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the Mark Hitchcock, uh, super show. They've got five really great matches. They're also doing an interesting thing that they announced yesterday. Is that on fight? Is that, is that, is that Sean fight? Oh, cool. Okay. It is on fight as well. It was 20 bucks, I think on fight, which by the way, uh, we talked about it last week. Maybe I should go back to that just for a second. Uh, ring of honor, did become available on fight is 30 bucks. I went ahead and bought it. And within about 24 hours of that decision, uh, Tony Khan announced that yes, it would be streaming on honor club as well. So I could have had it for 10 bucks. I bought it for 30, $20 lesson learned, but Briscoe's and FTR is worth my 20 bucks. So I'm going to go ahead and say it was, it was fine. But, and like, and like I said last week, you went from ordering out pizza to buying store-bought pizza. Exactly. It's yes. not a delivery. It's DiGiorno. No, it's, it might even be Tombstone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not Jack's. Hopefully I don't have to go that low, but maybe Tombstone. Um, but, uh, well, I know I have quarters in this couch here. Come on. I'm right. going to buy this pizza. It's got to be something. Uh, if it gets to Totino's, I'm, in, I'm, I'm toast at that point. But, um, but the, the Hitchcock Memorial, Mark Hitchcock Memorial uh, Super Show... Mark Hitchcock was friends with a lot of folks uh, that we are friends with. Um, I don't know if you ever met Mark. I did, um, yeah. You did, in, okay. In, in like the mid-2000s. Okay. I don't know that I did, although I probably did. Uh, maybe like that Orlando WrestleMania weekend when like everybody and their sister was all in the hotel together. I'm guessing Mark might have been there. Uh, and I may have even met him. Uh, but we, Mark and I weren't friend, close friends or, or even friends on Facebook. Um, but I know a lot of people who did know Mark very well. And... Uh, I think it's very cool that Russell Khan has, has named that show. I know he did a lot for them, and and I think it's very cool that they've memorialized him in that way. And and it's usually been a really good show. They've got five bangers already announced. There's going to be three more matches. I don't think they're going to announce any of those. They usually have a few matches that you're like, oh, that guy's on this show, um, you know. So I ex- kind of expect they won't announce those last three. But they've said it's going to be eight matches on the show, and what they announced yesterday was they're going to have a live fan vote. I don't know if people watching on Fight will be able to vote uh, online in any way. I won't see that show live because of a trivia booking. I'll see it on Friday, so I won't be able to take part anyways. But they're doing a live fan vote during the show, and whatever match wins match of the night in that live fan vote gets an extra 5000 bucks, wow. um, which I think is kind of cool. So it also gives the guys and gals who work that show a reason to go out there and go balls to the wall, go have your match. Um, see if you can be the favorite of the night. Now, I mean, there are 
like I said, five ridiculous matches already announced. I'm trying to pull them up here real quick uh, because I sometimes get confused on what's on what show. Biff Busick versus Minoru Suzuki. The Briscoes versus the Rottweilers of Homicide and Loki. Uh, Bandito versus Mike Bailey, which good luck following that. Um, Bailey has been on fire from the little bit I've seen of him lately. Um, I'm looking forward to that match a lot. Tomohiro Ishii versus Timothy Thatcher. Somebody's losing teeth um, on that one. And uh, Mia Yim versus Athena, which should be friggin' awesome too. Um, and three other matches that are going to be great. So that show I'm really um, looking forward to. Spring Break is always a crazy show. Uh, they're a little more GCW uh, focused, I feel like, on this show with Spring Break this year than quite as many crazy things. Although um, they do have the cluster match, uh, which is kind of their Royal Rumble that they do at Spring Break. The uh, I don't know if you've seen the three people who have been announced for the cluster. Um, so far, they've only announced three. And they are Jimmy Wayne Yang, Maven, and Jimmy Wayne Yang's daughter, Jazzy Yang. All right. All right. Uh, who appears to be an adult. Um, so it's not like they're putting a kid in the match or anything, although they do that too. Um, so I, that's always fun. Um, I, I hope they don't do the Invisible Man thing, although they probably will. I've never, it's never resonated for me. I know it's a GCW kind of running gag. They had the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan one year at spring break. Um, I've seen the match. It's it's not for me. Um, Bryce Remsburg did a great job bumping all over the place, making it look fun, but I don't know. Not what I like watching in pro wrestling. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, there's all sorts of stuff next week that I'm looking forward to that we won't even get a chance to talk about um, when we're doing our picks because again, there's four shows to pick um, head to head. Although we we did make an agreement uh, just for those who are listening and, and those who might care uh, for Ring of Honor, we are going to if there are six matches announced. There are currently four matches announced. If there are six announced matches. I have heard that Deanna Prazo is probably going to do an open challenge kind of thing or something like that, or maybe they'll announce her opponent, but she's probably going to defend the Ring of Honor title. you got to think they're going to try to get that belt off of her because um, she's an impact contracted talent. Now Tony Khan owns Ring of Honor, so uh, we'll see. But uh, if they announce six matches, we'll pick Super Art of Honor. That's our plan. If they stay at only four announced matches, then we probably won't. Uh, unless we have a strong desire to pick those four matches by next week and then... We reserve the right to change our mind. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. And I'm with you. For WrestleMania, it's like, well, it's WrestleMania. So I'm excited for that. I don't know if the matches have me that excited. And it appears that I lost Tom uh, from the show. I hope that's on Tom's end and not mine. I think it is. <clears throat> Maybe he'll come back. I thought it looked like he had frozen there at the end. Uh, but uh, so those are the things I'm looking forward to. Let me just look at another Carter show here. Uh, give Tom a minute to come back in. Uh, what else is going on next week? Uh, New Japan's got the strong Lone Star shootout with uh, Chris Dickinson versus Ishii, Jay White versus Mike Bailey, David Finley, Juice Robinson, Daniel Garcia, and Kevin Knight against Mascara Dorada. Clark Connors, Yuya Yamura, and Carl Fredericks, uh, Rocky Romero, Renderita, and Killer Cross versus Minoru Suzuki. That's an interesting match to me. Um, 
that Killer Cross actually, uh, for those who don't know, was rumored uh, or scheduled to be on Supercard of Honor originally with the new Ring of Honor that they were forming from Sinclair. However, I'm kind of thinking that's not going to happen with AEW. But uh, mainly because I think if AEW wanted him, they would have signed him by now. So before he was with New Japan. I'm waiting to see if I get a message from Tom or if he reappears. Well, Tom's internet crashed. I think we were at the end of the the episode anyways. Uh, So uh, I will uh, sign us off for here. Uh, Tom and I will be back next Thursday, the 31st, with our big head-to-head picks. And uh, we will talk to y'all then. Everybody have a safe week. Sorry for the little bit of a blip here at the end of the episode. We will talk to y'all next week. Have a great week.